Welcome to the Rough Road Podcast. I'm your host, Lee Steele. Today, I am joined by Karen McCleave and Taylor Cedarstrom. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, Karen? So I am 22. I um, am currently a student at ESU, and I'm studying business and communications, and I love sports. I love outdoors. I love hiking. Um, I really like being outside, so... That's a little bit about me. Cool. What about you, Taylor? Taylor has a podcast also called Shooting the Breeze. Shooting the Breeze podcast. I've been on that podcast. That's the first podcast podcast blah, 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 podcast <laughs> I was on. That's the first day with this new yeah, tongue. You were the uh, you were the first guest on that podcast. Probably, yeah. So yeah. Besides you and Braden. Yeah, so. known you for quite a bit. Um, yeah. Since so you were like eight or seven or something like that. Yeah, about that age. <laughs> so yeah. So like three years I've known you, something like that. Pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much. I mean, yourself. looks like it. <laughs> <laughs> he hasn't grown since then. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Yeah. Um, what do I like to do? Let's see. A little bit about yourself so everyone can know who you are so we feel like we know you. I mean, I know you, but not everyone. 23 years old, currently in the Arizona Air National Guard. And uh, it's always been a lifetime, lifelong goal of mine. So glad to get that ball rolling. Well, thank you for your service. That's a little inside joke from his podcast. <laughs> Go ahead. Makes me uncomfortable when people say that. <laughs> um, for the record, only been full-time service for like five months. So zero deployments. Um, I mean, basics basically age deployment, though, right? <laughs> I mean, it counts. I mean, during this coronavirus time, activation, I'm activated right now. So might as well just get that ball cap, uh, coronavirus veteran. There you go. Um, he actually just told me that they're going to start selling masks masks oh yes am I, am I like gas masks that? Is that like, like the real deal the ones that have like the water spigot you hook the the no not gas masks that would be but cool for the because i would sign up for that those gas masks are fun cool. fact psa joanne's is giving out fabric for people who want who, who have sewing machines at their house mm. who want to sew masks and then donate them to your local hospital you can do that so dale, our guard unit is doing that dale atwood which is roman atwood's brother i don't know if you know who that is he's a youtube star Dale Atwood, they make rope, Atwood rope. And I just saw today on Twitter that his manufacturing plant now makes the little stretchy cord. Oh, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. So they changed their plant so that they could help with this yeah. virus. Yeah, I think you're just cool. kind of seeing like a whole shift, kind of like a wartime shift you see yeah. of yeah. all the industry. And, I mean, you got like, who's that weird guy on Fox News all the time who's in the commercial My Pillow? He's doing like his whole change <laughs> yeah. and then... Uh, but yeah, yeah, that, that's me. That's you, <laughs> Mr. Military. How do you like it? How do you like the military so far? I like it. If you go in with a good, strong goal and vision and you know how to execute that vision and kind of navigate the bureaucracy, the military can be very beneficial. How did you and Karen meet? Mm. Let's hear it, Karen. How did we meet? He was your first kiss. No. No. <laughs> no. That was, that was funny. Though. You met in high school, right? When yeah. You, when you switched to Skyline, correct? Taylor? Desert Ridge. I switched from Skyline to Desert Ridge. Yeah, that's yeah. what I meant. Yeah. And so that's how I, I met her. I mean, I just met her at like a like a church dance and she heard... Did you dance with her? I did. church dance? You did. I okay. did. She had some mutual friends of mine that were at Skyline already and then they had heard that I was switching Desert Ridge. They said, hey, meet Karen. She goes to Desert Ridge. She introduced me to like my friend group throughout 
throughout the uh, throughout high school at Desert Ridge. Nice. And then he probably became one of my closest friends in high school from that. So. Is it because of his GoPro? Um, <laughs> I can tell that you really listened to that past that last podcast. <laughs> Um, no, it was not because of the GoPro. Taylor's it helped though, right? Uh, probably. Yeah. Made him seem a lot more cool. Mm. He's a cool guy. <laughs> Fun fact, I sold her a GoPro actually. You did? Yeah, he yeah. did. <laughs> well, he was, was it sell- working? Yeah, it was. Yeah, oh, okay. it was That's an old good. one. It was he a just- good deal actually. It was $50. Dang. Was for, it really? For, uh, well, so. so he, he was selling an old one. He bought a new one and he was selling the, the past one. And there mm-hmm. was a other friend of ours that had said, he was like, oh, I'd buy it from you. But it was like three, four, five days, and he still hadn't bought it. And I said, Taylor, has, has so-and-so bought it from you? And he said, no, he hasn't yet. And I said, okay, can I come over today and buy it? And he goes, yeah, sure. I forgot about that. <laughs> you can put that so-and-so on blast and say his name. I don't have any problem with that. Daniel Starr. Yep. I didn't guess that. <laughs> nice. I weaseled my way in and got it. You stole it from him. I bet you he's still at home. He probably wrote your name on one of those papers of people that he's going to get back in the future. You know? <laughs> I don't think so. He actually bought a better GoPro a little bit after. It's because you bought the one that he wanted. Well, I bought the really cheap one. Yeah. You bought the one he wanted. Cheap I don't one. think so. You had so. to go buy it. Okay. Maybe not. I don't know. I think You're he, still he on was that gonna, paper. He was going to upgrade I guarantee anyway. it's on the wall with a knife in it. <laughs> and he's got names <laughs> written on there. Oh, I sure hope yeah. not. <laughs> All right, so <clears throat> the reason I have you on the podcast is because this podcast is about overcoming adversity, as my audience knows. Um, so you had a kind of unique experience that was kind of difficult to get through. So why don't you go ahead and kind of talk about what you what happened? Yeah, so just a little bit ago, I was on Taylor's podcast, and we were talking about a mo- quite a few different things. And Shooting the Breeze is the name of that podcast. Yes. <laughs> little... Little yeah. shout little out shout for out. you there. <laughs> we but were shooting the breeze. Yeah. Yeah. So we were we were just having a really genuine conversation about quite a few things, and I was talking about a quote that I really liked, and I brought up an experience that I had. Um, so I served a mission for my church. Where? Um, New Jersey. When I spoke New Spanish Jersey. over there. Yeah. Oh, you speak Spanish. I do. Nice. Yeah. So I came home in April of 2018, and then. Within two weeks, I started working for a family friend of ours Mm -hmm. at a doctor's office that we had been going and seeing regularly as a whole family for the past like six or seven years or so. And so they were a family friend. The person you worked for was a family friend. um, Became a family friend because we had started seeing um, him so frequently. So our family was really close with him and we would go in really often and see him. And then I came home from my mission and he had said that he needed help in his office because the person that um, one person had just recently left. And so they were looking for somebody to fill that position. And so I what came position? in um, as an assistant. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to leave it very brief because I don't want to specify like what kind of doctor he was. I don't want you to, I don't want you to put him on blast. That's not what yeah, we're doing. Yeah. Yeah. So. Me, me neither. <laughs> and so um, he, uh, he will probably never listen to this. Um, but probably, it's, but it's safe to not do that. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Well, and like, the things that I'm going to share are like actually on public record okay. kind of thing. So like I, I don't you feel. You could go look it up if they wanted to. Yeah, people could. But I'm going to be just like very. You I guess, share like, what you're comfortable with. Yeah, thank you. Um, but so I started working for him. And then um, things just kind of started getting really uh, weird and uncomfortable for a little bit. I only worked for him for about two uh, 
two and a half, maybe three months. Okay. Before I left. And so things started just kind of getting weird and there was just, um, weird how? um, a lot of just like really weird comments and, uh, um, just they were like uncomfortable comments, un- very uncomfortable comments and like what made asking, them uncomfortable? Um, he brought up like a lot of really sexual topics a lot okay. and like, um, things that he were they liked. directed towards you? Or was no. it just in, in, um, not generally. Um, I've kind of like really tried to forget like a lot of the specifics right. to be completely honest. Mm-hmm. Um, I just know that there was just like a lot of, I have it written down mm-hmm. and because like right after all this happened, like I kind of had to write everything down. Right. So I do have them written down so like I could go recall. But yeah. other than that, I try not to dwell on it a whole lot. Yeah. And so, but I don't want to, I, I'm not asking specific things he said to you. I'm just curious if they were directed towards you or just in general sexual things. Um, they were like pretty sexual and like, he actually like asked me to like do like certain, like, uh, like certain like weird things for him kind of thing. Hmm. Um, and like offered payment to like give me like a personal massage from him. Hmm. Even wow. yeah, like that's weird. Yeah, <laughs> um, other weird things, and then like other times that I got treatments from him, like while I was working, um, he would treat me like for certain things, and uh, like while that was happening, there was just like a lot of really weird things that just kind of happened there. Of like, um, kind of would like barge in the room like when he knew that I was still changing. Mm. And, uh, you wouldn't knock, you wouldn't knock before you came in. No, hmm. which is totally yeah. like against protocol. Yeah. yeah. That's like rule number one. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then like just a lot <coughs> of other things. So like while certain things were happening that he was just saying, was like, okay, well like I have to do this for whatever, even though like he really didn't have to. So it was like inappropriate touching and stuff. Right. And, um, like at first I felt like I probably, I tried to give him the benefit of the doubt, you know, because I was just thinking, you know, like this is our family friend and our family doctor right. that my family, We're just my, really good my friends whole, and so he treats me this way. No, 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 no. It wasn't ever that <laughs> thing, but of just, he wouldn't, he wouldn't come about it like this because he knows my whole family. He knows my right. whole parents. He's known me since I was little. He wouldn't act like this. And I kind of thought, well, I just got home from my mission where you're, you know, very sheltered and you're yeah. told to really not have any contact with somebody of the opposite gender at all. And so I was like, oh, well, maybe I'm just really sensitive, sensitive right. to people kind of doing things or saying things or whatever because I've basically been... Um, in a shell. In a shell or <laughs> a nun, you yeah. know. A you've nun been sheltered, right? You, yeah. You, you've, you were a couple steps back from normal humanity, normal yeah. reaction or interaction with the opposite sex. Yeah. And so of me coming back into that and, you know, I was like, and I was like, okay, you know, I'm probably oversensitive. I'm probably, um, and I don't think that he would act like this, you know? And so there was just like a lot of weird things. And then it just kind of got to a point that it was just, um, I couldn't make excuses for him anymore. Right. And it just got to a point that I was like, okay, I'm, I'm quitting. And so that's what made you quit after the two and a half months or two or two and a half months or whatever. Yeah. Was that? Oh, yeah. And my whole family completely stopped um, stopped seeing him. Right. Yeah. So. So the relationship, the family relationship is ruined too. Not oh, just completely. your relationship with him. Like. Oh, yeah, completely. See, and like the, f- the thing is, is that when, when all this has happened, I, when I was going to quit, I just wrote 
um, certain things out and certain things of like things that he had said or things that he did that made me really uncomfortable. And I was like, look, like I'm not going to work for you because of all this. Right. And I wasn't thinking of like completely of, I mean, I, I hadn't really thought about exactly what was all going to happen, but I knew I just didn't want to work there anymore. Right. And, um, so, I had, so you worked there for the, the two, two and a half months. Yeah. And at that point, after these comments were made and you were just too uncomfortable to work for him, in your mind, did you feel like it at that time that you had been sexually, um, sexual abuse at, at work or anything like that? Or, or was it just, I just don't want to be around this anymore? Like at what point did you, did that click, that change? Probably. Or did it ever? Was um, it the whole time that? It was probably like within the last, the last little bit. So like when things started getting weird and, um, if I was ever talking to my mom, I would say, you know, Dr. So-and-so is kind of really weird. And my mom, um, and I, I'm not blaming my mom at all, but, um, I felt like the conversation kind of made her really uncomfortable. And so mm-hmm. like it would, it would just really like leave at that. I would say, you know, he's kind of, he's kind of really weird. And she would say, Oh, like, what do you mean? And then if I said something like she wouldn't, or she, I don't even think that she would really ask me of like mm-hmm. what I really meant. She was like, huh? And then we just kind of like change the subject kind of thing. Have you talked to her about it since then? Um, I talked to her a little bit about it like right after. And there was one or two times that she had said, she was like, yeah, I've heard that. I'd said, you know, Dr. So-and-so is kind of really weird. And she had, all she had responded was, you know, I've heard that. And then like, that was it. And, um, I think that it was just really uncomfortable for my mom. And like my mom didn't want to believe it either. Right. You know? So she was kind of in denial. Probably. Um, she believes it now though, yeah? Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so that was honestly like really hard because for a little while, like while things were weird and I was thinking to myself, I was like, am I being over, am I overreacting to all of this? Am I whatever? And me bringing it up to someone and then that conversation like kind of being shut down. Then it just kind of like made me think to myself, you know what? I am being overdramatic about it. And so like, it's, it's me. Does that mm-hmm. make sense? Yeah. And then... Um, things kind of got really uncomfortable. And so then to me, I was just like, I was like, okay, like this is over the line. And then there was a coworker of mine at work and she's at that office. Yeah. Okay. And, um, she said, Karen, are you okay? And I made the comment to her. I was like, you know, Dr. So-and-so has kind of been really weird. And she said like, what? And like, she had closed the door and she, had me kind of talk to her and I Mm -hmm. like, and I talked to her pretty frankly and she was like, Oh my gosh, like this is not okay (laughs) at all. So that didn't happen to her. She didn't have any of those similar experiences. She had said, she was like, you know, there were some things that he had done to her kind of thing that were like really weird, but Mm -hmm. she was, um, she was a little older than me. Mm -hmm. And so she was like, you know, I think, you know, I feel like he feels like he probably, like that I would smack him or something, mm-hmm. you know, kind of thing. But, um, and so, but there were some things that he was being like really weird to her as well. Um, similar things. Um, some of them. Yeah. Like of like when she got treated, um, would he like barge in? Yeah. Like, like Bart, like, yeah. Barge in in the room mm-hmm. basically kind of thing. <laughs> and some other comments that like he would make to her and, um, and so she was just really upset and she was like, you know, like this isn't the first time that I've heard about it. And I've heard of other patients that have left because of that, because oh, of wow. them feeling uncomfortable. 
and then something had, something had happened like later that day and then i was just like okay i am done i'm i'm not coming back here and uh so you left at that point right so and yeah. then at what point did you decide that you were going to report report him so what happened what was led, what led you to that i guess so what happened um <clears throat> i left and then two days later like i had written everything out actually and then went in and talked with him with my parents and told them like why i was resigning why i was mm -hmm. quitting and he had admitted to a few things but by and largely everything that he'd said he was like i have no recollection of that <laughs> and i don't remember that and uh so I just um, kind of just left, basically. And I didn't really do anything about it for some time. I just had the like the letter that I had resigned with, basically. And um, it just kind of got to the point. Um, our family had been really close with this doctor for a long time. And like we right. had actually like referred a lot of people to him. And so... Somebody had said of like, oh yeah, like the McLeans aren't going there anymore. And people could kind of ask questions and we didn't really say anything. It was just of, you know, it just wasn't really a good work environment for Karen. And so we've and decided to go elsewhere or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and because of that, some people start like a few other people really started asking specific questions and then, and they shared of, well, this happened to me. I've had very similar experiences yeah. with this doctor and you know, yada, yada, yada. And so after me hearing quite a few different stories from other people, um, Did they, and they never reported either. They hadn't reported either. Oh, wow. And, uh, so that was just kind of when I decided this wasn't for me and it wasn't that I needed it. It wasn't that I needed to report it like in order to like feel better basically, but of that I was, and I wasn't doing it to be vengeful and I wasn't doing it to ruin his career or to ruin his life or whatever. He did that. You, you weren't doing that. He did that. <laughs> but like I, I wasn't <clears throat> doing it in a, in an aggressive um, state of mind. Malicious, yeah. Right. It was of, I was doing this to protect other people because right. I had realized that I was not the first and I mm -hmm. knew that I wasn't going to be the last. Right. And, uh, he was a predator. I didn't. Yeah. And I didn't, mm -hmm. I didn't want, um, cause I kind of felt like it was partially my responsibility to protect somebody else right. because I had knowledge. Does that right. make sense? Yep. And you were old enough to know that. So that's yeah, very brave. A lot of people don't do that. So, yeah. So I had it all written out and like I sent it to the board and then um I got a letter back from the board. Sorry. How long how long was that before you sent that letter? How long after you resigned? I quit. Quit. I quit in July. And then I think I sent in that letter like either end of October, sometime in October, sometime in November. So like three or four months. Wow. Yeah. yeah 19 or 18? What year was 18. it? 18. Okay. I sent it in some time and then it took a little while for, so I had filed it and then it was like sent over to him mm -hmm. and then he so replied, he, reply, right? he replied to it with a lawyer mm -hmm. and um, that lawyer replying literally like tried to take everything that I said, tried to make it look like I fabricated everything. Mm-hmm. And used extremely harsh language to just make me look like um, I was a complete liar. And uh, I remember, I remember opening that email. Mm -hmm. um, 
well, I was at school, actually. And uh, I lost it. Um, I was about to walk into a, into a lecture hall for class. And um, I couldn't gather myself for probably like, like 30 minutes or so. Um, I kind of felt just like, uh, just completely put down. Right. And um, I know that the reason, like, why they were doing that, you know, was to defend him, but also to just kind of make me feel like I was powerless. Mm-hmm. And um, for a hot minute, that's kind of exactly how I felt. And um, he's probably trying to scare you to drop it. Yeah. A little bit. I would say so. I mean, that's he's trying to protect his livelihood. I get it. Like, yeah, I understand, but. Now, he can choose his choices. He doesn't get to choose the consequences, though. So, Yeah. And um, I would say, like, a mistake that he probably made was that um, they were trying to... So, like, some of these, like, weird things that would happen. And I realized, as I worked for him, that some of these, like, weird things even happened while I went to him in high school. Hmm. Um, Interesting. Yeah. It was definitely, like... So, he was grooming you since high school. I would say so. Right. I would say so. Um, it was definitely like a lot more forward when I was working for him. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say that, yeah, it was definitely before. But so there were like um, certain injuries that I had and like certain treatments. Mm-hmm. And like it was during some of those things that some of these like weird things would happen. And, you know, and um, so I would say a mistake that he made was he was trying to say that none of those even happened. Mm. Which is completely false because like the, that was even on record, you know, like right. on his medical records. And so I would say that like in the end, that was probably something that kind of tripped him up because he was trying to just like completely discredit everything that I said. Mm-hmm. And that kind of, I would say in the end kind of, um, that was a mistake, a mistake that he made. Yeah. But that. anyway, so like I had gotten that letter back from that lawyer. And so then I kind of had to decide and it took me like another like week or two. And I had, the board was asking me, they were like, look, if you're going to reply, we need it within whatever amount of time. And then we will decide if there's going to be a case about it. Hmm. And it kind of took me a little bit of time to decide if I even wanted to fight it. Right. You know, and, um, is it worth it? Right. That's what goes through your mind. Is it worth it? I, I, I had a similar experience with, with mine. I, so with my experience where I got in that accident, um, I received a letter from a lawyer from his family suing me and everyone else that was there too. But I, I can sympathize with that, with that feeling of, Oh no. Like they were coming after me. Like I had to, had to fill out a bunch of financials and submit it to them. They were going to sue me for everything, even though I wasn't doing anything wrong. He, he was actually the one in the wrong. Um, so it's kind of interesting that, and that's kind of what they do. Lawyers, yeah. you know, ambulance chasers, I guess, uh, in my situation, yours, it's just, you know, he's trying to protect his job and his livelihood doesn't make it right. Of course. But, yeah, but I know that feeling of, whoa, you know, <laughs> I had nothing to do with this. I, you know, so it was kind of, I can sympathize with you. Yeah. I can understand a little bit. So. It's, it's hard. Yeah. And you feel like. You start doubting yourself. Yeah. Like, wait, did this really happen? Like. 
Well, and I would I want to say that because I was like I know that I am I'm telling the truth, and I don't I don't care what they're saying. But it's and it was. What well, makes was you just, question yourself is what I mean. Like it was just kind of to the thing <laughs> of like, is anybody else gonna believe me? Right. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Because oh, of like yeah. the way that he had talked about it, and I was like, you know what? Like, is it is it gonna be worth it? And I would say. How did you overcome that hurdle of, is it worth it? Like to fight it? Cause you, you said you questioned whether you should fight it or not. Um, so I decided that I was going to write back and that was when the other women that had expressed like certain things that they had talked about, they had said like, if it comes down to it, I will file too. So did, did more people file then? Yes. Oh wow. That's awesome. Yeah. It, it actually like wasn't right away, <laughs> but they had filed later. But so I'd filed and then I had to go to like a hearing Mm -hmm. basically like in front of a medical board and talk about it. And that was extremely hard because I actually had to see him. And, uh, did he just have daggers coming out of his eyes towards you? Oh, he would not look me in the eye. Mm. I felt like my mom definitely like, I don't know. Mama McCleave, when she Mm. (laughs) like protective, I could. So what had happened actually was my mom and I had showed up. And we were in the courthouse and then I said, it was like really cold in there. And I said, okay, I have a jacket or I have a sweater out in the car. I'm going to go grab that. And I knew that it was going to be a while. And I said, I have a book. I'm going to go and like some, some schoolwork. And so I was going to go grab it. So then I came back and then they were letting everybody in. And like, I came up behind my mom and up until that point, like I hadn't seen him, seen him at all. And then I just like turn around and he just like walks right in basically. So he had already been there and like had already seen my mom and everything. And then like I came and then I just saw him and that was, that was really hard. And then he had sat on the other side of the room and I was there and then it got to the time of where our, like my case was presented. And so he had filed first and it was mostly his lawyer talking and it was just like the exact same thing. It was just saying, you know, of like, there's not a whole lot to back this up and whatever, whatever. And I knew that it was a lot of my word against his word. Mm -hmm. And I know that with things like that, it's super hard to prove and I get it. And there's no point of somebody completely losing their job and losing their livelihood over, um, you know, something that really can't be proven. And so my whole point was this is going to be known and this is going to be on record. And if anything else happens, then you're going to be in trouble. Right. And so like, this is, this is a warning basically of you're being called out. And if this, like, you know, if this happens, you're, you're already on, you have to be very, yeah. Like you're, he he would have to, yeah. Like he would have to be cautious from there on out. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. And so when, and talking was so hard and, uh, it, it had just, and they were, they were really trying to like get to me. And while, while they were like talking about it. And so when I had talked, I got emotional as I was talking to the board and I had just said, look, like I'm, I'm not doing this to, you know, like come out of a place of anger, but I know that this, like, I know that what I'm saying is true. And, and then I just kind of like shared some of the things that happened. And I remember a guy from the board, he had said, he was like, I can feel the truthfulness of like what you're saying. And mm-hmm. it's really hard for me to want to say that there's not enough because um, he was, ba- I don't remember the exact words that I said, but he was basically saying, um, I know that you couldn't be making this up by the way that you're talking about it. Right. And 
um, the board got mad at him because he hadn't filed any of my medical records. And when so you say him, who are you referring to? The doctor. Okay. Yeah. The doctor hadn't report hadn't filed any of my medical records, so the board got pretty frustrated. Even from when you were a teenager. Uh, yeah. Oh, like wow. like they he hadn't filed it. He had a whole and he like brought a whole thing to him, but they didn't. He it was subpoenaed right. so before. He, he had to. And he didn't. He didn't file it. But so he like brought it to the That's thing. He was time. and he was like, here is three hundred pages of medical records. And so I told them and I said, look, you will find that I was treated for like these injuries around this time, around this time, around this time, like look for those records, look for inconsistencies of him not reporting things or whatever. And, and then. So he had filed other people's records, just not. No, he, he didn't no, file, so he didn't file anybody's records. So this was only my, they subpoenaed uh, the records and thing. he's supposed to send them to him so they can review them. He didn't do that. He just brought them to court with him, which is a big no, no. They need to be able to review it to prior to the yeah. trial. So it was basically. And this is a pre-trial anyway, right? Uh, so th- it was, it was like a hearing. So okay. it was of like, you know, yeah, like they, the, this, they needed is, this it for is, that hearing. this is legitimate and we're reviewing this and we're deciding of if this is going to be, um, so like there could have, if they would have decided on something, then they would have had to move it up to, I don't remember what the name of it is, but they would have to move it up on something in order for them to take action to like have any sort of, um, punishments or anything mm-hmm. basically and so they had just basically postponed it and so then they reviewed everything and i had submitted other evidence of like proof of certain um injuries and treatment treatments and things right. and so i had submitted more and then other women had shared too and so right. then it was moved to a to a different case so that it was reviewed and then basically and i i didn't have to go in again I had like called in and had listened basically, but they had basically said that they had heard everything from me that they had needed. Right. And they had gotten the evidence and the pictures that I had sent in and then saw the other women that had posted that like, mm-hmm. had, that had filed too. And, um, did they end up having to go testify also or no, no. they didn't just, you. um, you were the lucky one. <laughs> um, so they could have, if they, if they had wanted to, um, I would they say they chose not to, or the board chose not to have them. Um, I would say that like they chose not to, there was one that she had called and had a conversation or that she had filed and hers was, hers was extremely big. And I would say that hers, um, uh, hers added a lot of validity to what I was saying. Mm-hmm. And so they, I mean, I, I actually don't really know a lot of what had happened because I tried to stay out of. Right. You avoided you. Well, I, I just tried to stay out of um, anybody else filing because I didn't want it to come back and say of like, oh, well, she told people. She talked people into she it. She talked people into it and whatever. Right. And that was totally not what happened. I said, look, if you want to file, you're more than welcome. It'll help add to this. And, you know, if if nothing happens, fine. But he's going to be on watch. Right. And uh so there still isn't exactly a final outcome because I don't believe that he has signed anything, but because of what, everything that was presented, I do know that the board was, um, Can he still practice? Um, if he wants to practice, he's going to have to jump through quite a few hoops. So he's out of work right now. Um, as far as I know, he's currently not, but 
I I don't know. Mm. I mean, maybe maybe he is practicing and like just not telling the board about it. I really have no idea. Hmm. I try not to. Well, that would be really dumb of him to practice and not tell the board about it. I know because he would get in a lot of trouble. A lot worse trouble, right? Yeah, but um, whenever he does want to practice, um, he's going to have quite a few stipulations he's going to have to obey by and like have somebody, yeah. I would highly doubt they would let him. Hopefully they wouldn't, especially if there was inappropriate touching and um, that sort of stuff. So they, they would let him practice, but he would like have to be like There'd probably monitored. Have to be two people so, in the room, something like mm-hmm, that. I think so. Um, so like, because nothing's been signed, I don't really know exactly what was on it. Are they going to tell I do. you? Are they going to notify you of the one, once it's signed? Diet? Like, yeah, one, once it is signed or once something does happen, then yeah, they would tell me. Um, but there hasn't really been any actions that have been taken and it's been, it's been a little while. And so I don't think that he's been practicing or at least hasn't like wanted. Is to it a felony that he's potentially being charged with? Do you know? Um, if I wanted to go that route, I probably could have. Hmm. Um, so how did this affect you emotionally after that? D- during, after all that, how did that? Yeah. So, Okay. I wrote that down. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So honestly, like it was, as I've, as I've realized it, it was really like a wheel of emotions and like it was, it was a whole process. And so at first it was just numb Mm -hmm. because like right after this happened, I didn't want to think about it. I didn't want to do anything. Were you like in a fog when you say numb, Um, were you like kind of in a fog, just kind of just going through the motions mm, every day, that sort of stuff? Maybe for like a few days or a week. Mm -hmm. But then after that, I just got so, I, I was just trying to become so distracted and so busy that I never thought about it. Right. And so I That's actually a good thing, by the way. I feel like it actually busy. was. No, I feel it like, is. I feel like it was. And it was something that kind of helped me like be able to like readdress it later. And so right. I was numb for a little while. And then, then I had to decide like, was I going to, was I going to file for it or not? Mm-hmm. And, um, I felt kind of just like really stressed for a little bit because I was like, well, you know, like all these other people filing, like why didn't they ever file and why is all this responsibility falling on me? But then it was, you know, like Karen stopped thinking about it like that. And, and then it was like a protection thing. And and then I, something that I had thought about was, I was like, well, what if, what if this had happened to one of my sisters? Mm -hmm. And, uh, just that thought of like, a younger girl somewhere out there of being treated by him and, you know, having something like this. And then that was when I was like, okay, no. And so that was when I felt like I'd finally built up the courage and kind of got over the embarrassment because like, I feel like I was numb and then kind of like sad and embarrassed. Mm -hmm. Um, because I felt like I should have not made excuses for him. Um, You want to give him the benefit of the doubt though. I mean, yeah. that's normal. It, it, it definitely is normal. And, um, especially when it's a, a family friend, right? Or yeah, it was a family friend and it's in a, it's in a, it's in a medical office too. And so right. like you do have to be gowned for certain things. And so, um, but, and so I was, I was kind of angry at myself and embarrassed about it. And so, and then it was like a sense of courage. And then, um, like me hearing that, um, that letter coming back from that lawyer, it was like appalled and I felt powerless basically. And then it was like going to the board and just like having just like the, I 
um, all like, and it was just a desire to be heard and a desire to be believed. And mm-hmm. it was just like a, um, I don't, I don't know how to describe it, but it was like a very, um, vulnerable emotion. And then like being called a liar, like as harshly as I was like in front of that court. And then I would say that it kind of turned to an anger. Um, because I felt like my character was totally being called out and that was so hard. Um, also because that one coworker that I talked to, she, she had believed me like the entire time, but there was a different coworker that was a really good family friend of mine. And, uh, she at first believed me and then after a little bit, didn't talk to me at all. And then I saw her at, um, a big event and I could just tell that she like didn't want to talk to me. And so I knew that she no longer believed me. And that was really hard too, mm-hmm. of knowing that somebody that had once kind of had my back didn't. Um, and then I kind of had to realize that I didn't want that anger anymore. And then it was a content, a contentness of that. I did my part and I did mm-hmm. what I was supposed to do. And I'm not going to, um, worry about it a lot. I'm not going to, I'm not going to try and keep tabs on him of, is he still practicing? Is he whatever? What right. is, what is the next step with the board? What's going on? And then What's, I ask you if he's still practicing. What a jerk. No, 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 no. You're totally fine. <laughs> <Just joking. laughs> but I, I tried not to <clears throat> preoccupy myself with it right? because I would say when I was angry, I would think about it a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like by and largely, and now I feel like it doesn't affect me a whole lot. And I just say like by and largely from it and me talking about it, I feel honestly very empowered and so much stronger from it because I know that I spoke the truth and I made it be heard. And, um, I know that, um, it, it made a difference. And I know that a lot of other people that have cases of sexual assault or sexual abuse or sexual harassment or whatever you want to call it, sometimes they will say something and not a whole lot comes from it. And so they feel like they weren't heard. Um, and so I'm very aware of that. And I'm also aware of a lot of other people that have experiences like this have experienced way worse than what I did. Um, that will of emotions. How long did it take to get through that? How, how, how many months was it or, Okay, so, I mean, being numb of right after it happened, so July of 2018, and then... And then when did, were you... At what point did you come okay with it? Like, how, what was that time frame from when you were numb till now you're okay? You know, now it doesn't affect you all the time like that. Probably almost, like, just shy of a year. Hmm. Towards the end, um, how long was that last emotion before you were okay with it, like... That wheel of emotion you talk about, right? Yeah. And that last part, like, like, was it the last six months you were dealing with that? Like, you were at the final stages of it, or was it last just the last month, or like? So I would say, like, I was, I was really angry, especially like right after it had happened, and then um, I had to like compile other things, and like other people were talking, and so like that was even like three. Actually, it was probably over a year. Um, but I would say I definitely like postponed it because I was numb and I just didn't want to think about it for a while, but postponing, you were, you were dealing with it. Yeah. Dealing with it. It's part of dealing with it. It it is. 
Um, but I would say, um, I kind of like bounced back and forth between realizing that I was still angry and then not wanting mm-hmm. it and then thinking that I was doing better, but then realizing that I was still you had triggers, under, right? You have triggers yes, that, that, yes. that come back, right? So I'll, I relate it to, so I have PTSD. We talked about that. Right. Um, and that's, that's one of the things. Some days you do awesome and then the next day will hit and you're like, this is the worst day ever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you regress, right? And then you progress and you regress and it's just a, it's a, it's a, a roller coaster ride really. Yeah. You know, you can have the highest, the highest high day one day and the next day can be the lowest day. And it's just a process that you go through as you deal with these emotions. Right. So I get it. It happens. And I would say luckily times that I have triggers, it's, um, I would or some say of your like, triggers. um, I would say like, um, when I had to start that semester, that next one kind of after a lot of things had blown up, uh, ASU had come out with like a really big, um, sexual harassment and like sexual assault thing that we all had to watch. Mm -hmm. And that was so hard for me to watch. I had to watch it online and, uh, that was really hard. Right. Um, probably brought you back right back to where, yeah. Yeah. And it wasn't of like what they were saying, but it was of what they were saying made me like kind of took me back to experiences or certain things that had happened. And Mm -hmm. so that was really hard. Um, I I wrote, there was another one. Um, Oh, I remember. (laughs) And I don't, I don't blame people all the time, but sometimes people will kind of like say something that's kind of really insensitive about it. And it's not like everybody knows this about me or whatever, Mm -hmm. but so there was a conversation that was happening like amongst family members and, um, I think it was like pretty big about the the Kavanaugh case mm-hmm. about the woman that had come out and was saying that um, this like sexual event had happened to her and um, however many years ago and whatever. And so that was kind of hard for me to listen to on the news. I don't know that news. case, by the way. I don't watch the news. So um, that's, so, that's part of my my ramifications for my thing. <laughs> I don't like watching the news. It's I don't negative. I don't I don't like watching the yeah. news either. But so I didn't, I didn't really want to watch anything about that just because of them talking about it. Cause I didn't want right. to think about my own experiences. But so a family member had just kind of said, I'm really, this whole me too movement is just kind of getting really out of hand because everybody's just like bringing up a lot of like really false things. <laughs> and, uh, and I, and, uh, I just kind of had to say, I was like, look, I understand what you're saying and I definitely agree. But were you there? Do you know it didn't happen? <laughs> I definitely, I definitely agree of that. <clears throat> it's, you can't ruin somebody's reputation or somebody's job or somebody's livelihood over an experience that really can't be proven. You know, it's innocent until proven guilty. Mm-hmm. And I, I understand that. And, and for a lot of people that like will go through sexual harassment things, like they feel like they can't really say anything because nothing's going to happen anyway. Right. You know, and so like, yeah, and it's just, it's just, it's just going to be, cer- think certain things about you because you're saying this because they don't believe it really happened and yeah, know, all that. Yeah. And so, and I was like, you know, the whole, and look, I understand you can't, it is innocent until proven guilty. But the thing is, is that a lot of people for a really long time have felt like they can't even talk about it and they shouldn't even talk about it. Um, 
and that's not okay. And I said, look, the whole underlying thing for this Me Too movement is to have a platform to let people know that it's going to be talked about and it's going to be heard. Right. You know, and, um, yeah. And so if people ever say something kind of like really insensitive, depending on the situation or who it is, I'll correct people. Yeah. Um, because I think that a lot of people just are, uh, I don't think people are trying to be insensitive. No. And I just, I just think that people just don't really think a whole lot or they're not like very, understanding. well, they don't know where you're at though. They don't, they don't know what you've been through. They don't know. Well, but that, regardless, so. regardless of whether or not, if I was in the room right. or not, I would hope that they would kind of say if, I don't you know, think, like maybe I don't yeah. agree with it, but it, I don't think they're trying to be insensitive or anything like that. I think they're just, sometimes people say dumb stuff. Just, yeah. They just don't think, right? Yes. And that happens. We're going to take a little break right now um, for my sponsor. So hold on just a moment. All right. And we're back. So the next question I want to ask is, um, what steps did you take to recover from this emotionally? Because it was a, an emotionally challenging thing, obviously. Yeah. So I would say... I never went to counseling, even though there was like a cowork that coworker that had first kind of mm-hmm. listened to me. She had recommended it. What made you choose not to do that? Um, when it was recommended to me by people was when I was numb and didn't want to think about it and was embarrassed. Mm-hmm. I would say. Um, that was a very difficult decision for me also to go to counseling. Yeah, I but never for a totally different reason. Yeah, but <laughs> I guess my thing was, was like, I was embarrassed and mad at myself, and so I didn't want to really have to talk about it. Right. And I know now that I feel like me probably going to counseling would have probably helped me go through this wheel of emotions maybe quicker. quicker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like I probably would have had very similar emotions, and honestly, I probably would have even like bounced back more, because I feel like my emotions really went through like what was going on, mm-hmm. um, like of when I filed was when I felt like the courage to actually talk about it. And then when I had to go into court was when I just felt so like powerless and I, and then I was angry for being a liar. Right. You know? And then like when I would get more news about certain things of him, um, just trying to really like discredit me was when I would get angry again. And so I felt like my emotions were directly correlated with what was going on. And so I think that maybe going through counseling, maybe I would have like bounced through, a lot more cycles you probably and circles kind of thing maybe, but possibly um, I think, I think that counseling probably would have been good. Definitely um, would have been good. I think that I have coped with it perfectly fine without it. Um, I had two really good friends. I have one friend in particular that has been studying like psychology and she actually wants to be a therapist and stuff. I was thinking that was Taylor until you said she, um, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> It's a joke, haha. And I'm glad everyone got it. Really? (laughs) I'm glad people respect me enough to think that. Um, So she she helped you. Yeah, I would say I I talked to her quite a bit, and uh, that was something that really helped. And I'd honestly say that, um, like something that kind of helped me was like being very analytical and just kind of having to be very honest with myself of where I was and what I was feeling. Um, I've always been a journal writer and I think that that, that did you journal more after this? Like 
during this process of emotions? Sometimes. That also like came with, came with waves. That came with waves of like when I wanted to think about it and when I didn't want to think about it. So what what may, what emotions were you feeling when you wanted to write more about it? Um, it was when I could actually like realize it and just kind of tell myself um, I've been feeling embarrassed and I shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. Um, or it was like when I was like very analytical. Like when I would be feeling these emotions and I'd kind of almost take a step back and just kind of say, okay, what emotion am I feeling and why am I feeling this? And then I would like write about it. And so whether that was like feeling embarrassed or feeling like I had a lot of courage and or feeling really angry or then feeling content and then like feeling like more empowered by it after, um, I feel like I probably documented it. I feel like maybe I documented the angry part maybe a little bit more because I feel like that one lasted a lot longer mm-hmm. than a lot of the other ones. Um, but, or maybe the angry didn't like last longer, but it would like come back. Yeah. And, yeah. and it was because I was trying to not be angry that I would be a lot more analytical about it because I, would, and, um, I feel like, um, I also kind of went through times of where I was like telling myself like what I should and shouldn't be thinking. And that's also kind of like a hard thing too, because you kind of like limit yourself and you like put yourself in a box or like, I shouldn't, I shouldn't feel this. And then I was like, well, Karen, like this is normal, you know, or like you, you had corrected me. I had said, you know, I swept it on the rug and I was postponing it. And like, that's kind of me like in a sense saying of, well, I shouldn't have done that. But, that's a totally normal reaction and Mm -hmm. it's, it doesn't matter. Like if I think that I shouldn't or shouldn't have done that, but like that, that's how I reacted to it and it's okay. No one can tell you how you're supposed to handle it because it's your experience and you're, you have to learn how to handle that. So, yeah. Um, you know, you you definitely shouldn't beat yourself up because you quote unquote swept it under the rug. Yeah. You weren't ready to deal with it. And so you weren't going to deal with it. It's the way it is. It's, It's, that's, that's part of the healing process also. No, yeah, so, for sure. Um, yeah. Can I chime in here real quick? Yes, when, go um, ahead. When uh, you and I were talking on on my podcast, and I think when we had the guy who helped you, mm-hmm. uh, I guess I'll say his name, I think we said his name before, Matt Watson. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he's been on my podcast a few times, talked about it. I remember specifically you had mentioned that there is, you know, sometimes when you go through a traumatic event and you're running through all these emotions that you kind of lose sight of a filter of what is normal, or maybe not a filter, but an indicator of what is normal for you and your personality. Not, I, not normal. Um, or the standard maybe for yourself. So for, for me, what it was is I didn't know what was logical and not logical. Right. So I would have thoughts that would come in my head, um, whether they were suicidal thoughts or whether just something was right or wrong. Like I, I lost the sense of, is this right or wrong? Is this thought right or wrong? And it was very difficult to, I had to relearn that basically. And so Matt was a real, real help to me because I could, cause number one, I trusted him mm-hmm. and I knew anything I told him, um, he wasn't going to go oh, you are back crazy. Like, like he may think that, but he's not going to tell me that. And he's not going to go and tell anybody else that, that I was 
batshit crazy. Like, yeah, what it, you were saying to him wasn't going to affect your relationship. Yeah, yeah. So and so I could trust him that way. And so there was a lot of times uh, when we would go on hikes or campouts or whatever. Um, I mean, you were there, but you didn't know. <laughs> you didn't know these conversations were going on. But um, I, the first time we went to the jug, I had really good conversation with him about that because I was really struggling. And, um, you know, I was able to like, you know, is this is this rational or not? Like this thought. And he's like, oh, no, you're way off base, you know, or no, that's totally rational. And so I had kind of had to relearn that because that it it got so mucked up in my head that I just didn't know. And it sounds weird. It's not that I didn't know right and wrong. I knew right and wrong, but just rational and irrational. I didn't know if it was a rational thought or an irrational thought. Do you think you have to have, sorry, go ahead. It's of like, should I be feeling this or should I not be? Or like, is this okay? Okay. So I'll give you an example. I don't, it wasn't like that for me. What, what was for me is, um, Lee, you're the worst guy. This will go through my mind. Lee, you're the worst guy because you were in this accident and this guy died. Right? Am I the worst guy in the world because of this? I don't know. Um, I thought so. But is that rational or not rational? It's not rational. Right. Right? And so I had to learn that when these thoughts would come in my mind, these things that I thought about myself or I thought about the situation or just in general, um, I had to learn to what was a rational thought and what wasn't. So, cause I, I honestly didn't know I had no, I had no idea. And so it, it wasn't whether, Oh, are these thoughts? Okay. It was, wait, is this like a legit, like real, <laughs> is this a that real, makes, th- that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. So, and so I had to relearn that. What were you going to say, Taylor? Does that person who you are bouncing those thoughts off of need to be, do you think needs to be a therapist? No. So it could just be anybody whom you trust and confide you need, in. The important thing is you need to have someone that you trust and that it's not going to judge you on what you're telling them. So it's not going to affect your relationship mm-hmm. with them. And I knew, um, I knew that me talking to Matt, he wasn't going to judge me um, and be like, oh, hey, uh, wife, kids, you can't deal, you can't <laughs> talk to Lee anymore. He's crazy, <laughs> you know. Uh, that wasn't the case because um, I was really just trying to find out what was right and what was wrong. Like, are these thoughts rational or irrational? You know, I don't know any other way to put it than that. Um, and so he was a big help. Number one, he is a therapist, but, um, even if he wasn't, you just need to find someone that, that can, that you can trust that is going to be hundred percent honest with you and not hold it against you. So, so they, they would also need to be neutral or not involved in that situation that's causing the traumatic stress probably yeah okay yeah i'd agree with that and i think it's something that probably has to like has to be very mature and has a very high like emotional intelligence level (laughs) right so a lot of a lot of conversations i had with him over the you know three years after my accident um they were uh, there were a lot of negative they weren't negative conversations, but it had to deal with a lot of negative things that were going through my mind. And so they need to be strong uh, and be able to handle you complaining to them about it, you know, and having a lot of negativity in my situation. It was a lot of negativity. I don't know that whether it would be in yours, um, but in mine, it definitely was. Um, You say you don't know if counseling would have helped or not. It maybe would have been worse or better. Um, So 
I don't mm. feel like it would have made it worse. I feel like I probably would have like gone through it, gone through like my wheel of emotions faster, but I feel like I probably would have like just looped through. Instead of I feel more like more looping. You you would done yeah. more looping, you think. I feel like I feel like and by I and largely I had one loop and then maybe like a little backtrack at the end to go like back right. to being angry and then like not right. angry and then angry and not angry. But other than that, I feel like I pretty much had just like one Right. One loop. The the benefit to counseling in my opinion, so I had a hard time going to it because of what my, what I'd been taught by my parents that, you know, you go to a counselor because you're weak and you, and you're, you know, which is totally not true. Like they, they actually, in my opinion, counselors are a very vital part of, um, overcoming anything like this. I would any, agree. Any, any experience. Counseling is not a negative thing in my opinion anymore, but it was but when I, f- I was going through it and, and it's because of how I was brought up, you know, my dad when he found out I was going to counseling, he's like, what's wrong with well, you? Yeah. What's wrong with you? Why are you doing that? You idiot. You know? See, but I feel like that's something that has changed over the generations. <clears throat> My dad is in his, is he is 86 this year. So he's old. Like he lived through the depression. Like he's an old guy. And so, you know, back then it was, you know, rub, rub some dirt on it. You'll get better. You know? Well, yeah. Just, well, and I you can't cry. Like the you only people that went to like, like that. yeah. Yeah. Counseling like that was probably of like, no know. one the insane yeah the yeah, insane right yeah. then it was they, federally go, it was like yeah. going <laughs> to a, by a court by a by, by a, a judge court, right yeah so um but i think going to a counselor for me like i think it, it only helps and i i don't feel like i well i know if i didn't go to counseling i would not be here now i would have killed myself for sure 100 percent um I'm sorry to hear that. No, it's, it's, I went to counseling. You don't even know. I'm glad to hear that. Glad to hear Lee. (laughs) (laughs) You're sorry. You wish I would have died. He's glad. He's glad I didn't die. No, I know you died. I'm just joking. Um, So I literally would have killed myself. I almost did anyway. So um, it can only, I think it can only help. And And I think if I didn't go that I think I would have been in that wheel going back more um because the counselor my counselor she was really good and and just helped me work through things and stay positive and you know and so you said that you did avoidance stayed busy all that that's one thing that the counselor told me i had to do because i didn't want to do that i i wanted to go and lay in my bed and just forget about everything i wanted to just like sweep it under the rug that's exactly what i want to do forever mm-hmm I didn't want to get up. I didn't want to get up in the morning, and go to work. I didn't want to do anything. And the, and the problem with that is, is you become depressed and, um, you, you just start hating yourself, you know, worse. Yeah. And so, and you get and and the more depressed you get, the more you hate yourself, the more you hate yourself, the more depressed you get. And like, it's just an ongoing bad cycle, right? And you just go further and further down and, until finally it's like, it's not worth it. I'm done. Uh, and so staying busy is very important to pushing through this, these emotions and dealing with them because, um, did you find yourself stewing on these stewing on the events that happened, stewing on what he said to you, what he did to you, whatever you for know? a little while. Yeah. So, and that's, that's, that's normal. Right. Um, so I have PTSD the disorder, like I laser focus on that experience. So like I was always in it. Mm. So, and, and that was, and it was that way for 
a long time, months and months and months, nine, ten a year. Um, so it makes it very difficult to live when all day, every day, all you're thinking you're about thinking is that about day, those, that time. Those two minutes. Yeah, well, yeah, that those three hours that it took for me to get off the road. Yeah, like that, that day, it, the, my day, I would go to bed at night. And I get up, I get up early for work. I get up at, you know, five o'clock, four thirty, um, cause it was summertime. Um, so I, I would go to bed at eight o'clock and I wouldn't fall asleep until like three, two or three in the morning. Cause you're thinking. Cause I, yeah, I couldn't shut my mind off and then I would go to sleep and then my alarm would go off and I have to get up and go to work. And I'm like, I've just barely got to sleep and now I got to go like, um, I don't want to spend a lot of time on my, <laughs> cause I've talked about it before, but, um, I would, the first week, so it happened on a Tuesday, by Friday, I might have had four hours of sleep total from Tuesday to Friday. Like I was going, literally going crazy. Yeah. Um, and so, and th- and that's when I started going to counseling that next week because I just couldn't do it. I, I was like, this, I don't care how bad counseling is. I it's will do be anyth- better than it, this. Yeah. I, I need to do something because what I'm doing isn't working. Yeah. So, anyway. I feel like that's so really good. these these. Where were we at? You were asking me steps, and you kind yes. of like we're talking about of like why I'd never gone to counseling. Yeah. So you um, didn't go to counseling. That's fine. You got through it. Um, how how has this experience changed you? Um, you as a person. Um, I would say I'm a lot. Um. I have a little bigger desire to be able to understand people mm-hmm. and to actually give that listening ear. Cause like what you were saying about having your friend that had helped you to just listen. Um, I had a friend that I feel like was there for me for a lot of it. And I know how important it is for especially something like this for somebody to feel like they need to be listened to. And so I feel like I've gotten a lot better about, um, asking better questions to people and allowing people to feel like they really can really could talk to me about something if they wanted to. So you, you became more empathetic. Yes. Um, is it just empathetic towards people that have had it, have the experience you have or just in general? I would say in general and I would say particularly yes to like what I had experienced, but I would say by and largely I have a much greater desire to just be there and understand people of whatever it is because um, yours and mine experiences are a lot different, hmm. but we can relate on quite a few different things. Right. And we went through a lot of the same emotions or the same process. We went through the same process, a similar process, not the same, but a similar process. Yeah. And I would so, say that a lot of other people, even if they want to talk to me about something completely different, right. That I could relate to mm-hmm. that process as well. Yeah. And so, the, the tough part I had with mine is how many people do you know that went through an experience like I did? Like it's very rare. Right. And, and I think the problem that people have um, in general is they're empathetic toward, or they want to be empathetic towards your experience, but they haven't went through your experience. And so, so a lot of the things that I had happened to me is people would be like, Oh, well I feel so bad for you. You know, this one time, this happened to me and like, okay, you know, like <laughs> I'll tell you, uh, for example, my, my mom, I've told this before. 
right after it happened, it was like two days after my accident. And so anybody that hasn't listened to my episode, my first episode on my podcast, this is, a um, uh, spoiler alert. Okay. So my mom, <clears throat> like two days after my accident, I, I had, I was driving on the freeway. I hit someone, ran him over, killed him. He died. I didn't kill him, but he died from the accident. Um, and I, I ran him over and that's, that's what ultimately killed him. Um, but it wasn't my fault. I've been told that I tell people that it's my fault. It's not, it wasn't my fault. It, he made choices that, that ended, that made that happen. Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes things just like that just happen. Yeah. It, it wasn't my, my doing that. It was other choices that led to that. Anyway. So I had ran him over and killed him and I felt super, super bad, uh, guilty, uh, I still have a lot of um, survivor's remorse over it. Um, and I remember my mom had called me like two days after. And she's like, how are you doing? I'm like, you know what? I'm terrible. She goes, oh, I feel so bad. You know, uh, this one time I ran over this animal and oh killed it. Gosh. And I'm like, mom, serious? definitely not the same yeah, thing. Yeah, I'm like, serious? <laughs> you're you're going to compare you running over an animal to running over a person like serious? I'm done. And I hung up on her. Um, and that was the wrong thing, um, for me to do. I shouldn't have hung up on her, but it was the wrong thing for her to be comparing that. So because people haven't been through experiences, like specifically my experience, it's hard to, it's hard to show empathy that I'm not going to get offended by, or at that time that I wouldn't get offended by now. I, it doesn't matter because it is what it is. Um, and so did you find any of that where like people would try to relate to how you're feeling to ch- kind of let you know that, Hey, you know, I've been through this and you can get through it. Or I had people say crazy stuff to me that you wouldn't believe it was like nuts. Um, I would say that it didn't, um, it didn't offend me a ton because I know that a lot of other women have experienced a lot worse than mm-hmm. what I did. Right. You know, and a lot of people have been, um, you know, like completely abused or right. raped and everything. And that was, that was not my experience. Right. And, uh, so I would say that I wasn't exactly really offended by a lot of things that people would say, but sometimes I felt like people would just kind of try too hard. Mm-hmm. And, uh, um, I mean, I, I didn't really talk about it a whole lot with a ton of people. Right. And so I didn't I either, but everyone Robert, knew about it somehow. I don't oh, know. I would say my, my situation was a lot, different but um yeah um i would say that i was kind of like a movie not a movie star but like a like a like people wanted to tell other people about my experience like i actually have a bumper sticker and it says i know lee i know lee right (laughs) (laughs) no um no people i i think that it was uh, a big event and it was it was a big event right and 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 that doesn't happen to a lot of people what happened to me and so I think that um, people would share, like I had family members that would share not my whole experience, but like, oh, hey, yeah, my my so-and-so, this person I know, they're talking about me, you know, this happened to them. They were driving on the freeway and they ran over somebody and they died and da, da. And then, and I think that what that would do is it would pique people's interest. And so if then if I ever met them, which that happened multiple times where I'd meet the person. That oh, got, I've heard about you. And they, and they were like, uh, like I got introduced once says, um, Oh yeah, this is Lee, the one. And then the person's eyes 
that I was introduced to was like their, their eyes got really big and it was like, I felt like I was the little bunny rabbit and the, and they were the coyote coming after me. They were going to kill me. Like it was like fresh, like, yes, I get asked these questions that I want to ask. Right. So in your experience, not a lot of people, not a lot of people knew about it. In my experience, more people knew about it than I knew, knew about it. And so I would be put into situations where I was not comfortable. I didn't want to talk about it. Oh yeah. I was in, I was in like, Hey, I don't want to like, I already feel like I'm judged by everybody because of this. I definitely don't want to talk about it with you because now you're really going to judge me because I might say something that is not rational. And now I'm going to be judged by you because I don't trust you, you know, that type of thing. So it was, it was definitely a hard, hard thing to navigate through. I'm so sorry. I I don't tell you this to to get sympathy. You don't, you don't, you don't need to apologize. So this experience with the sexual harassment, I would say helped me go through a much different experience after, um, that I would say was even harder. Um, and, uh, from that second experience, I can relate to you of you mm-hmm. saying of that a lot of people would come and ask you questions and just really want to know about it. And that is so hard because a lot of people coming in asking you tons of questions about something big yeah. that happens in your life. It's not any of their business right. whatsoever. And uh, it's just, it's really hard. Yeah, it's difficult. Know? It's difficult to navigate through. And I I guess I would feel differently about it if they wanted, if I felt like they were coming from a point that they cared. Yeah. It was more like, like I had people ask me questions that I never would ask somebody, even if I know it's rational or irrational. If I had no idea, if I was in that state, I would still never ask someone some of the questions I got asked like, Oh, well, where'd you run them over? Oh, that's none of your business. Right. Where at? Yeah. Yeah. Like, like where on his hey. body, where on his body did you run him over? Like, like they want to know like gory details of the accident. I have all the gory details. But you why don't, would, you why don't would deserve they ask, them. Yeah. Yeah. So, that, yep. I can that, really relate to you 100% on that. <clears throat> that brings up like a, a question that, uh, you know, you, you said, you know, you didn't want, you had people coming up and just asking you questions, Karen, where... You're like, oh, I wasn't even sure that you were aware of what had happened. Am I saying that correctly? Is that what you just said? Yeah. Why did you agree to come on to a podcast and then make it even more publicly known? I'm surprised you said yes, by the way. He really? didn't think you would. We had a um, bat and he won. <laughs> no, just kidding. He didn't win. We didn't have a bat. Oh. I'm lying. Um, he just said he didn't think you would. When okay. I asked him about it, he said, I'll ask her, but I don't think she will. Okay. Um, honestly, like with me talking about this um, and like being sexually harassed by my boss, it's not a big thing that affects me a whole lot anymore. But the other thing would be. Um, I, would, I don't know I what would, it is. I would definitely not share details about that. Um, okay. Maybe, maybe Off later. Off mic. Off mic. Maybe we'll talk later. About <laughs> maybe like after time. Yeah. Um. But that one's still like really raw, I would say, mm-hmm. like in certain You're aspects. You're still going through emotions of it? Um, Healing process? Probably. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to make you talk about it. I couldn't make you talk about it anyway, <laughs> but I wouldn't do that. Yeah. But like, especially this like sexual <coughs> harassment thing, I think that it's a really big thing that has helped me 
to be able to talk about it and then really want to be able to help other people. I would say like a big thing that has helped change me is that I, you can be an advocate for people. Exactly. Yeah. And I would say, and that's why I agreed to come on this podcast. And I was actually kind of, uh, when Taylor, Taylor had called me and I had rejected the call cause I was uh, busy with something and then I called him back and then he had said, she screened you dude. <laughs> she saw I, your I name and him. she's like, deny. <laughs> no, 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 no. I called him right back and I just said, Hey, um, what's up? And then he had said, Hey, I've gotten quite a few compliments from our podcast. And he said, actually there was one guy that he has his own podcast. And as he listened to what you had shared, um, he called me and asked if you'd be willing to go on his. And when I, I heard want to know that, exactly how this happened. When, so when I, heard I want that, details. When I heard that, I like, <clears throat> I was like, oh my gosh, I'd love to do that. And I didn't, and I hadn't said anything. And Taylor said, you know, I told him that I just left it very, um, uh, up in the air, up in the air. Yeah. I didn't, I told him that I would ask you about it. Don't feel pressure. It's totally up to you. Um, you definitely don't have to. And I said, no, I, I totally love to actually. <laughs> and then he said, okay, really? <laughs> and I said, did you ask, yeah, I would. Did, did you ask who, who it was? Um, I did. And he, well, I think he, I How think did that he, conversation I think go? he said that anyway, because he <laughs> said, uh, this is my old young men's leader. And he said, have you listened to any of my really old episodes? And I said, I feel like I've listened to a couple of them. And he said, he's on a different one or episode like a, four. A, a pretty early episode one. Four, right? Yeah. And then, um, he explained that. Which for a long time was their best episode, by the way, the most listens for a long time. That was, I don't oh. know if it still is. It might be up there in case you were wondering. I did switch over from SoundCloud, SoundCloud to Anchor, and so yep. that kind of that screwed it up, goofed right? Up the stats, Mine too, but mm. no one really cares about that, right? No, right? Yeah. No, I don't care about that. <laughs> Honestly, when I started mine, I would, I every time I put a an episode up, I would compare it against my episode <laughs> no. on yours. I'm serious. <laughs> That's funny. Anytime I put an episode up, I would. And then when I had the webs on, nothing can compare. I had like 500, 600 listens to that one, which was nuts. And I didn't have a, yeah, that was dumb. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't have, I I didn't have a sponsor, so I didn't get paid for that. I could have got paid for that. Anyway. Don't don't let Steve know that. That would just inflate his ego even more. I know. No, I I told him forever that his was the best as far as listens go. Hmm. And I actually really enjoyed. um, That was a good one. Yeah, that was good. Anyway, continue. So he said, have you listened to any of the old episodes? And he just explained who you were. And then I said, yeah, I'd love to. And he said, okay, well, I'll, I'll talk to him. And then I had said, I said, please ask him um, questions, so, uh, certain questions that he want to ask me. Yeah. So then I can kind of gather my thoughts. I never do that, by the way. You're the only person I've ever done that for. I feel like I'm probably, um, I think I probably just asked you that. Cause that's just kind of a little bit the way that I am. Like mm-hmm. if I'm, and especially if I know that I, if, if I'm going to be talking about right. it and also just because I just kind of wanted to mentally prepare myself because I didn't want to share too much mm-hmm. or you're kind little. of a mind mapper too. That's just kind I of am. how you work. I very much am. Yeah. And so me asking you questions was me of just kind of like, okay, I know that there's going to be more questions, but just by and right. largely where, so typically I, I don't do that. They're like, well, what are we going to talk about? I'm like, we're going to talk about your experience. That's it. Yeah. But what about questions? I'm like, 
as they come to me, I'll ask them. That's yeah. what I'm like. Well, we're just going to shoot the breeze. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so he told me, he told me that you would agree to do it if <laughs> what? How did that come up? If uh, you no, took no, us what, to like, that, okay, okay. Well, up? so I had, I had already said I'd actually love to do that, and like please <laughs> ask him the questions that he had said, mm-hmm. and then he was like, okay, I'll do that, and then he said, and I said, wait, who is he? who? Who is this again? Yeah. And he said, oh, it's my young ones leader that I've I've gone to the lake before. And he goes, Karen McLeave, I know what you're going to do. <laughs> you're going to tell him that you will go on the podcast if, if he agrees to take us to the lake to use that uh, flyboard. The flyboard thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, oh, heck yes. Okay. I will. You, I will you, forgot a, how bra- <laughs> how, you forgot a detail. What's the detail? I said, oh, he's taken me to the lake before. He's the guy with the flyboard. And you're like, oh, okay. That's kind of important. Let me just throw that out there because I wasn't just like manipulating. <laughs> hey, Aaron, I can get in a flyboard ride can, right now. We can, I'm just the middleman here. Every we can work day this out. And I'm just <laughs> reeling it in from both sides. Now, All right. So so that was the stipulation, right? I well, take you to Lake and go flyboarding, right? Well, he just, I, I mean, I would have come on anyway, but he had just said, he was like, wait, I know what you're going to do. That was the stipulation. I was told that you would only come on if we did that. <laughs> So, uh, it's funny you ask that because I'm planning on going Saturday in two days. It's closed. All it's the not lakes closed. are totally closed. No, Lake Pleasant is not closed. Oh, Lake Pleasant isn't. Nope. Scorpion um, Bay side. We'll B-F-E. go on. I think that's where I got my dive certification You did. Scorpion Bay. That's did you do that I on did. that side? No, oh. I didn't go on Scorpion Bay. I went on the other side. Right there by the marina. And it mm. was like two foot visibility. It was terrible. That lake. That. That's the only time I go there is... If I was diving, I think I've only been there like two or three times. Yeah, I've only been there a handful of times in the last couple of years. Actually, in 2010, uh, so I'll, my counselor told me, you need to, what do you like to do? I said, I like to spearfish. She said, then you need to go spearfishing two to three times a month. Mm. Mm. And I said, there's no way my wife's going to allow that. And she goes, if she has a problem with it, you tell her to talk to me. I said, okay. And I went home and I said, hey, my counselor said I need to go spearfishing two to three times a month. And she said, okay. Two to three times a month or a week? A month. A month. A month. So I would go about every other weekend. I'd go there and I'd go to Lake Pleasant. So you've go. been quite a bit. I've been quite a bit, yeah. What's the but, best viz you've seen at Lake Pleasant? Uh, 30 plus. That was actually the very first time I ever went with your dad. The first time I went there spearfishing was about 30 plus. It was probably the same time. Probably with Aaron? And we yeah. went on his uh, pontoon? Uh-huh. Uh, no, not his pontoon. He didn't have his pontoon. We went on someone's like boat, and we went over... Is that our boat? I don't know. It's a long time ago. It might have been your boat. Anyway. So, I'm going this Saturday. Do you guys have a wetsuit? I do not have a wetsuit. Actually, I'm only going if, if someone's going with me. I'm not going alone again. That's too long of a drive. And oh, I don't for, It's, yeah, not fun. This, I, It's fun. Don't get me wrong. It is fun. However... It's fun or more fun. With other people. With other people, right. Yeah. And I enjoy teaching people how to do it and all that. So Saturday, we'll talk about it off. Okay. So so um, what what are the takeaways you have from this experience? Um, Getting back on track. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, you're good. Um, definitely like being more understanding, more compassionate to people and then I have been a lot more honest with myself of just of, you know what, this is where I am and this is how I feel and it's okay. 
and um, very cognitive. It's like a very cog, a cognitive healing and a cognitive um, um, state of mind. I would say that like I'm pretty like intentional and about about a lot more things. Um, and then I would say a really big thing that has helped me a lot is um, realizing of that I needed to find peace and happiness through that circumstance, through like the other one as well, and through, I mean, anything else that's going to happen in my entire life, that I need to be able to be independently happy and that I need to be able to have that within me and not rely upon distractions or other people to have that and so I feel like I've um developed a stronger independence I would say that's good yeah so you you see the positives that came from this oh for sure I feel like I'm a lot stronger of a person I'm a lot more empathetic um and I actually feel a lot more empowered by it to be completely honest so I have, I have a question that, that this came to my mind about it. Uh, when you were, when this first happened, you were going through the whole process. Um, did you ever, were you ever angry that it happened to you? Like, how could this happen? Like angry about it happening. I, 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 I understand angry at, at um, angry the, the doctor situation. doing that. Yeah. But, but I'm, I'm saying, were you angry that, that, that it th- happened to me, that, that happened to you? Right. Um, honestly, I feel like that hadn't even crossed my mind until somebody else had brought it up to me. Um, at what point did they bring it up to you? Mm, was it during the process or is it, is it after you kind of healed from it? I think it was, it was, it was during the process and somebody mm-hmm. had said, well, Karen, that super sucks. You just got home from your mission right. and this is the first trial that you have to go through right when you come home. Right. And they were like, shoot, I'd be pissed at God for that. <laughs> and, uh, I had never thought about it that way. And, um, I, ne- I was never pissed at God cause I don't think God let anything happen. I don't, I look at things a lot differently now than I did then. Um, and I still don't think that God let my experience happen. I, I don't, I don't think that it was, I don't think he, I don't, I don't know. I look at it a lot differently than, than a lot of church members do. Um, and so, I'd agree with that too. I'd feel like I, I look. I don't at blame God for the, for my experience. Same. I, I don't. Um, I was angry that it happened, um, and I think I was more angry at the things that I went through that weren't necessarily part of that experience. More, more of the collateral damage. Um, you know, my what my kids had to go through, what my my f- whole family had to go through. Because I was messed up, you know, and then you were angry at the whole circumstance, yeah. of, like the whole relash of everything. Yeah, yeah, and and angry at you know the way that people treated me now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, but I was never really angry at God for the the situation. And I'd agree I, with you. Yeah. I was never. Did Did you get angry about the situation though? About um, I would say that there were times that I was pretty upset of that. Um that had happened. I mean, and there were times that I was angry at myself or I guess allowing it, allowing it, making excuses or whatever. Right. Yeah. Um, but I would say that there were some times that I was pretty frustrated of, you know, of 
Um, You're not angry now about it though, right? No. Um, so now the second part of this question. Uh, so you were angry at one point. Do you, are you grateful for it now? Are you glad it happened now? Mm. I don't mean glad like, yay, this happened. Let's do it again. Not not like that. But I mean, do you um, see the positives from it? I, do. I guess. I definitely do. Right. Um, I wouldn't wish it upon anybody else. I'm with you. But um, I do see the positives that have happened from it. I've seen the positives of how it's helped me mm-hmm. go through other things. And I've seen just... Um, the stronger of a person that I am for it. And so I definitely see the positives from it. I don't, yeah, I wouldn't say exactly grateful is the word from it, but I feel that I've definitely grown. Right. And, uh, I see how it has helped me. Right. So the reason I asked those questions is because I went through similar process like that. And as I reflect on it now, it's been almost 10 years now. Um, I wouldn't not want to go through it, my experience, which is really hard to say. I don't want to go through it, but I have learned the things that I've gained from it are so, uh, I would have not, not been able to gain them any other way. And so I'm grateful that I, that I went through it, even though I'm don't want to go through it and I wouldn't want to go through it again. Um, and I wouldn't want anybody else to go through it. But the things that I learned from it outweigh the negatives for for me i would Um, i would agree with that it's weird to say that um i feel like you've definitely gone through a lot steeper ups and downs than i ever did and so i don't know i feel like that's you can't compare i mean very impressive well i definitely can't compare because i feel like what i went through was emotional to a sense but compared to a lot of other things and i think that that was something that kind of kept me in check for a while (coughs) was it was yes this is not the best thing, but Karen, this compared to a lot of other things, this isn't that bad. Mm-hmm. Well, and that, and that's where you get caught. Us as humans get caught looking at other people's experiences. So, you know, I wouldn't want to go through what you went through. I would much rather go through what I went through. It's weird to say that. Right. And I'm sure you'd much go, go through what you went through. Right. Yeah. Cause you're prepared for it. I'm prepared for this. I can handle it. I know I can handle it. I've done it. Um, and so, as I, as I look at other people's experiences that they go through, the hardships that they go through, um, you know, Taylor with his mustache and, uh, that, <laughs> I'm just joking. As, as people go through hard times, um, <laughs> what's really funny is that I make fun of him for all of his facial hair. <laughs> yeah. He's just got this awesome, this, yeah, I just awesome mustache. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> You'll have As to post pe- a picture after then so the people on the podcast can yeah. just be the thumbnail. Just <laughs> this part right. of my face, just my nose, my mouth. Mm, right. Yeah, this podcast really isn't about Taylor. We're going to stash is the, is the cover This podcast is <laughs> actually sponsored by my mustache. <laughs> You're welcome. Thank you. But as, as you see people that go through hard things in their life, as they go through these trials, um, I'll look at them and I'll be like, man, I'm so glad that I have this trial instead of that. I don't want that. And it, and no matter, no matter what it is, like, I don't know. It's kind of weird, I guess, cause I've went through it. So it's not as big a deal now, you know, yeah. in the moment, hell no, I don't want to go through it. Right. Like it's the worst, but being past it, 
um, looking back on it, like I can look back and go, yeah, it was bad, but it wasn't as bad as, you know, X, Y, Z, whoever's experience, you know? So I agree with that hindsight 2020. Right. Well, and, and also after you've kind of made it through, like it's not, it's always not, or at least not always, but for me, it's, I don't look at it as like as negative a thing. Like it was a bad thing, my experience, but as I see other people's trials that they go through, um, it, it just looks a lot worse than mine, which is odd. Cause everyone that hears mine, like, Oh man, yours is like the worst, you know, it's like uh, that Brian Regan bit. Like no one can, no, no one can trump that. Uh, trump, I walked. On yeah, the I walked moon. on the moon. Right. Yeah, no one can trump that. Like, like a lot of people have trials. Not a lot of people have what I, get to go through what I got to go through. Right. And so, I can trump a lot of people's like, hey, this bad thing happened to me. Like, you know, my mom ran over a cat or whatever. Like, okay, well, guess what? I ran over a human. You know, like, and I, I don't mean to be light about this situation because it's not it's not a you know that's not what i'm trying to do but you know in that same breath i would much rather go through mine than going through other people's so yeah anyway hopefully people have uh got as much out of this as i did i really appreciate you coming on the podcast tonight and uh if people want to find you and follow you where do they do that um, you can either look up my name on Facebook or Instagram. It's pretty simple. Um, Twitter? Do you do Twitter at all? I don't do Twitter. But, yeah. Braden um, does, or did. <laughs> Braden? Yeah. <laughs> I done did, yeah. He I did. think we all did. I mean, in high school I did, but I haven't even touched that thing in mm, years. Don't but go looking for those. Don't go. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, no, thank you so much for having me on here. Yeah. And honestly, if there is anybody on here that <clears throat> wants... Um, I guess that either has experienced something similar to me and feels like they want to have somebody to talk to. I'd be more than willing to, if anybody wants to, to talk to me, but yeah, so you can find me on Facebook or Instagram, Karen McCleave, just look it up or I think Instagram, there's like an underscore in between my name. Soon there will be some flyboard videos on there. (laughs) Oh yes, there will be. (laughs) (laughs) I'm excited about that. Yeah, it'd be fun. So, well, thanks everybody for listening. Um, I'd like to say, I hope, I hope everyone got as much out of it as I did. Um, if you have any comments, you can go on anchor.fm and find my podcast and leave a comment. I reply to all those and, um, uh, look forward to the next podcast. Thanks. Bye.